kid, everybody be icy. Million dollar posse, always there to watch me. Y'all know what I wrestle with. I used to be reckless. Now I'm trying to tell y'all what the message is. Oh yeah, welcome true believers to Wrestle With Hope, a wrestling podcast with a Saturday morning sentiment and Sunday morning values. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova. My wrestling fandom covers the birth of Hulkamania, past the Monday Night Wars, and all the way to this modern era. Each episode, we'll hit a topic about what's happening this week in wrestling currently, what happened this week in wrestling in the past, and then we'll give the go-home signal with a Wrestle With Hope word for the week. Along the way, you'll catch a glimpse of what my wrestling past was like and why I still watch now. I want to say a big thank you to Josiah Williams of Wrestle and Flow for the use of his song, Number One Contender, from his album, The True Gold, as our theme song. You'll recognize Josiah from the WWE Performance Center Digital Media, his amazing Wrestle and Flow remix videos and music, and recently he wrapped down the aisle with Adam Cole, baby, of the Undisputed Era on a recent NXT TakeOver. Check out his videos on YouTube and all over social media, at Josiah Williams. A big thank you to you. Check out Wrestle and Flow. Man, it is unbelievable. Hey, let's ring the bell and get started on what's happening this week in wrestling. Here's the deal. We uh, opened up this week on Monday Night Raw with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, uh, there is a huge difference, huge difference in the stars of today and the kind of reaction that they get and a star like Stone Cold Steve Austin. I got to tell you, the, 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 whole, uh, the whole show opened up on, on Madison Square Garden and you could just feel, first off, the excitement was there. Everybody was pumped, you know, to be there and everything. But as soon as the glass broke and you heard Stone Cold Steve Austin's music, the entire crowd just erupted in a way that they just honestly haven't done since the Raw anniversary, the Raw reunion show, when Steve Austin was last there. And I got to tell you, this is one of those things where you cannot, manufacture the kind of excitement that Stone Cold Steve Austin was able to draw and is still able to do today. I mean, just standing in the ring with Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, you could tell who the clear star was. You could tell who the ring general still was. You can tell what was natural and what was scripted. And um, I got to just tell you, I'm all for a less scripted program. I'm all for letting these guys express themselves and be who they are. And you could just see it. You could just see it like night and day, the electricity coming from Stone Cold Steve Austin and, you know, what energy Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman could even muster. And so uh, I encourage you, check it out. If you didn't see Raw, Catch the beginning and just see the op- just that reaction of that opening for for that crowd. It was just it was just unbelievable. Nothing like it. It was really cool to see AJ Styles interact with Stone Cold. Uh, even you know when he was taking a stunner uh, from him, you could tell that for a lot of these guys, just being able to take a stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin is like a dream come true. And so uh, I was happy for AJ. He did a great job holding his own against Steve Austin. It was one of those things that I, I really wished I was able to kind of. Just uh, we, I wish we could turn back the clock and just kind of meet somewhere in the middle 
And it would have been great even just to see a six-man or something with uh, Steve Austin, Seth Rollins, and Braun Strowman against the OC. That would have been so great. But, um, but man, we got a stunner, and that was a great way to kick off the whole week. Now, for the remainder of this time, when we're talking about what's happening this week in wrestling, I, I want to get to Clash of Champions because Clash of Champions is happening this coming Sunday, next Sunday, rather. Um, and, and so I want to talk about that. But all of this leads up to Clash of Champions because, guys, we got some questions going on here. First off, the King of the Ring tournament. I've been talking about this for the last three episodes. Now, you know that from the from the beginning, I told you that my King of the Ring bracket was busted. It was busted completely. And now I'm so confused. I'm so confused because not only this, not only did we have now Baron Corbin advancing to the finals in a triple threat match, semi semifinal match. So first off, that's not how tournaments work, but hey, we'll we'll deal with it, right? We got a nice little triple threat match between Samoa Joe and Ricochet and Baron Corbin. And just as I thought, this is really leading on the trajectory of Baron Corbin, I think, winning it all, going all the way to the end of King of the Ring. And becoming King Corbin. I honestly think that he should be King Baron, but you know that's just me. But the Baron is becoming a king, and he's going to be King Corbin at the end of this. Um, but I'm confused, because now, when we get to SmackDown, what we end up having is Elias is taken out of the bracket. He's taken out of the match, the semi- semifinal match with, uh, with Chad Gable because of an ankle injury. Hope, if, is it a legit injury? I don't know. I don't want to miss any action of seeing Elias uh, in the ring. Not necessarily wrestling. I'm just talking about playing and addressing the crowd. Uh, I'm, I'm, I walk with Elias. I love him. He's great. But I was really looking forward to seeing him and Chad Gable because I just wanted to see a regular match. And Chad Gable... Super talented, just not, he's not getting the opportunities that honestly that his talent deserves. Well, here's what's going on. Because Elias is out, Shane McMahon, surprise, 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 shows up and puts himself into this match. A lot like what he did with the tournament uh, to declare himself best in the world and all this kind of stuff, right? So... He does this, and then he's continuing the storyline with Kevin Owens, and he makes Kevin Owens the referee for the match. Um, you know, it, it, it was just kind of, you know, Shane loses the first, Shane loses, and because he's the boss, declares that this is now a two out of three falls match, and then makes Kevin Owens continue as the guest referee. He's got a thing with Kevin Owens right now. If you're not familiar with what's going on, he's had this long-standing feud with Kevin Owens. He's fined Kevin Owens. He's been punishing Kevin Owens. Uh, Kevin Owens, for some reason, went from being a stone-cold clone for a little while to now he's just kind of like the big show back when he was groveling for his job. I'm not sure. I'm not a fan of it, but I'm willing to see like where all this ends up. Anyway, end of the day, Chad Gable wins the match. Him and Baron Corbin are going into the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. Now, first off, let's deal with the King of the Ring tournament. I thought that the King of the Ring tournament finals were going to happen at Clash of Champions. That's not the case anymore. Now, the King of the Ring tournament final has moved to Raw the following Monday. And I don't know if that means that WWE has no confidence in Chad Gable and Baron Corbin, but that's kind of their fault, right? Because that's the final that they set up. They set us all up for that final. We could have had Ricochet versus Andrade. That's a Clash of Champions worthy match, right? We could have had Samoa Joe 
versus Andrade. We could have had, uh, you know, all these different scenarios coming on. They're the ones that chose Baron Corbin versus Chad Gable. I think Chad Gable can put on a great match with anybody. But this is only going to be going on Raw now. They moved the match. I just think it's one of those things where it bums me out that they lost confidence in the entire King of the Ring concept. So much so that they threw a triple threat match in there for the semifinals. So much though, so that they threw in Shane McMahon to kind of you know mess things up. So much so that they moved the finals completely out of the pay per view and moved them to Raw. I mean, like that's just kind of that's like the equivalent to getting bumped off the show, you know, all entirely. That's the equivalent to saying, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks." We'll we'll find out what this really means. But I was a little bit bummed. I wanted to see a coronation at Clash of Champions. Maybe maybe. It should have been Clash of Kings. Who knows? But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll see that. But now, as a result of Shane McMahon losing to Chad Gable, Kevin Owens got fired. So Shane said to Kevin Owens, "You're you're fired, man. You're you're out." Which is kind of funny because if you're, you know, honestly, with all logic, if you're the boss and you're feuding with an employee, and you've had enough of them, he could have fired Kevin Owens a long time ago. It just kind of worked out. You wanted to humiliate him a little bit, and then now what? Well, now Kevin Owens this week tweeted out some cryptic message, right? And he just kind of tweeted out some numbers that all add up to the letters NXT. So does that mean that we're getting a roster change? Are we getting Kevin Owens moving over to NXT? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he going to join Undisputed Era? Uh, Is he going to... Uh, be a good guy and just kind of do his own thing. You know, what? what's the deal? Don't know yet. And it could absolutely mean nothing. I mean, like, it, it literally could just mean nothing. And Kevin Owens is just playing with us, and he's going to be back on SmackDown, and he's going to do something with Shane. But I just think it's kind of funny that we ended this whole thing. You know, like we ended the whole thing, and... Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon have actually nothing to do with Clash of Champions this weekend. They're not on the card. They're not in this at all. And so I just think it's kind of funny that, you know, okay, where where do we end up? What are we doing? But, you know, we'll have to see where this is. But speaking of NXT, by the way, uh, Johnny Gargano made his big announcement on NXT as to where he's going. So, I mean, like, he's kind of done, right? Like, he... He's challenged for the NXT Championship. He's won the NXT Championship. He has won the North American Championship. He's won the Tag Team Championships. And everybody wanted to know, like, okay, well, what's he going to do next? Because this kind of ended with him, looked like this was his swan song. And usually what happens in NXT is you lose a big-time match, and then you move over to the main roster. But now NXT is going national. NXT is a main roster show now. And so now we're trying to figure out, like, okay, well, what's going on? Like, who's doing, you know, where's he going? Where's he headed? So now we have Johnny Gargano making his big announcement this past week on NXT that he is NXT for life. He's NXT. That's what he said. He literally said, he's like, I am NXT for life. He told the crowd, I didn't get this show to where it is today to leave it. And so he's sticking around. And I couldn't be happier about this because I honestly think that it's true. We we rode we together, right? The NXT fans, all the fans, we rose Johnny Gargano to this star status. Why move him to SmackDown where he could get lost in the shuffle? Why move him to Raw where he's not going to get the TV time? He could get regulated to the 24-7 championship. Who knows? So 
why do that? Keep him in NXT, keep him a star, and you know we get to enjoy Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover, Johnny NXT, Johnny Champion, whatever we want to call him. But Johnny Gargano is sticking around in NXT. And I got to tell you, if you're not watching NXT, this is the best show on, on TV right now. This is the best wrestling show on TV. When they make their debut next week on USA Network, let me encourage you, give them a shot. They're doing this split hour thing because of scheduling with USA. So the first hour is on USA. The second hour is on WWE Network. Let me just encourage you, watch that first hour. Give it a shot. If you've never watched NXT before in your life, give them a try. I think some of the stuff that they're setting up for this new TV run is going to be really, really exciting. Okay, so here's the thing. This week, we are going to be watching the Clash of Champions. Now, not Clash of the Champions. Clash of the Champions was a WCW and WA you know, show. WWF, WWE rather, owns the rights to it, but for some reason, they dropped the the. And so, Clash of Champions used to be a pay-per-view called Night of Champions, where it was the same concept. Every championship would get defended on this show. And uh, for some reason, they decided to change it to Clash of Champions. That's all up to them. It's all good either way. But this is the cool thing, okay? Every WWE championship is going to be defended. Now, there's going to be another match on there that has no title whatsoever attached to it. Whatever. It's fine. It's cool. They could have maybe squeezed in the UK championship. Maybe they could have squeezed in the you know um, NXT UK Women's Championship, the NXT Women's, NXT whatever, uh, the main championship, the North American Championship, whatever. Or, hey, how's about this? Had the King of the Ring finals on this pay-per-view. But listen, that's not for me. Uh, I want to share with you guys what the matches are, and then I'm going to share with you guys who I think is going to win. Now, this is the thing. This is who I think is going to win, not necessarily who I want to win. Who I want to win can be sometimes completely different. I've got to play mind games here with WWE and match what they're thinking to determine who I think is actually going to win. Okay, so uh, this is the deal. And then we're going to post a pick'em sheet on our Facebook page. Okay, so if you go to facebook.com slash, uh, go to facebook.com and you search Wrestle With Hope, like our Facebook page, right there we're going to post the pick'em sheet. Let's see who uh, how everybody does. So let's go with it. Here's the card for Clash of Champions and my predictions. Number one, we've got the only non-championship match happening on the entire card. Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. It's a no disqualification match. Roman Reigns has been feuding with Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan for a while now because apparently Eric Rowan tried to uh, run over Roman Reigns with his car tried to flatten Roman Reigns with a bunch of equipment. Um, all of this is attempted mur murder. So <laughs> all of this, this is not a wrestling angle. This is attempted murder. Uh, Eric uh, tried to run over Roman Reigns and tried to squash him with a bunch of equipment, knocking it down on top of him and uh, and crush this man. And Daniel Bryan, I, I'm guessing, is just appalled. Like he wasn't, he's been acting like he's not been involved in this. He's been acting like this isn't his thing. Uh, and... Uh, we're about to probably find out on Sunday if Daniel Bryan really was a part of this or not. Eric Rowan uh, choke slammed or claw slammed, right? Kind of got him by the claw. Claw slammed Daniel Bryan through a table. 
the other week. The story's been a mess. Not my favorite story going on right now. That's why I haven't really been talking about it. My prediction is this. My prediction is it's a no disqualification match. Uh, Roman Reigns is going to end up beating Eric Rowan, and Daniel Bryan's going to show up. And Daniel Bryan's either going to reveal that he was um, behind this the whole time, or he's going to show up and just be collateral damage. But my prediction, Roman Reigns over Eric Rowan in the no disqualification match. But let's get to the actual championship matches, okay? First off, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Champion, Drew Gulak, in a triple threat match defending against Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. Humberto Carrillo and Lince Dorado. Now, here's the cool thing. I just got to share this piece of trivia. Locally, where I am, I get the pleasure of serving as the CFO, the chief fun officer, and ring announcer for Brawl USA Wrestling. I get to do this. This is a great time. It's a great local organization that they put on a lot of charity shows, and most of their um, most of their content is kind of a throwback to the '80s Saturday morning wrestling kind of stuff. And uh, at one of my opportunities to be a ring announcer, I actually got to ring announce for Lince Dorado. He was at one of the Brawl USA shows, and I got to ring announce for him before he was a big time WWE cruiserweight. And so I always kind of secretly, you know, would, you know, kind of root for him. But I got to tell you, I'm picking Drew Gulak. He's going to retain. I'm voting for Drew. Drew is going to retain. I am a big fan of Drew Gulak. I think he's going to be over the new pretty face star, Umberto Carrillo. I think he's going to be over Lince Dorado. This is going to be a great match, an awesome triple threat. It's going to be the sleeper match of the night. Nobody's expecting it. Might even be on the pre-show. But I'm, I'm picking Drew Gulak over it. The United States Championship is going to be on the line with AJ Styles, the United States Champion, versus Cedric Alexander. Cedric got a win over AJ uh, most recently on Raw uh, during that 10-man tag match. He's got a pinfall victory over AJ. Cedric is a rising star. Cedric was a rising star during the uh, Cruiserweight Classic Tournament a couple of years ago on the WWE Network. And Cedric did such an amazing job on at that show that the entire crowd was chanting his name and asking Triple A, Triple H, to please sign Cedric. Clap, 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 clap. Please sign Cedric. And they kept they kept chanting and chanting and chanting. And literally, Triple H came out to the crowd and said, "You want him? You got him." And signed Cedric Alexander. He's a former cruiserweight champion, and um, he's going to have a stellar match against AJ Styles. In my opinion, AJ Styles is the best wrestler on the WWE roster today. Pound for pound, best wrestler. I mean, I'm talking, you know, this is Ric Flair level. This is Bret Hart level. This is Shawn Michaels level uh, of, of greatest of all time. AJ is in the conversation for top five. I'm just telling you this right now. AJ is in the conversation for top five. He is the best wrestler on the roster right now. He also happens to be my age, which makes me a little bit sad. AJ Styles is going to retain the United States Championship at Clash of Champions. That's my pick. Now, on to the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship match. Shinsuke Nakamura with his new uh, manager, advocate, uh, spokesperson, Sami Zayn, is going to be taking on The Miz. And uh, this is the thing. Shinsuke Nakamura, man, one of the greatest. One of the absolute greatest. And I'm, I'm actually glad that he is the Intercontinental Champion right now. 
not only is he one of the few people that has won the Intercontinental Championship in New Japan Wrestling, but also the Intercontinental Champion in WWE. Now, I think, remember, I got to tell you who I think is going to win, okay? Because I got I to gotta predict what WWE would be doing here in this situation. This is what I think. I think that with this being the um, 40th anniversary of the Intercontinental Championship, I think that with some of the attention that The Miz has gotten as being one of the uh, um, potentially a record breaker when it comes to the number of championships won and the length of championship held, I think The Miz is going to win this. I think The Miz is going to win. I think he's going to pin Nakamura. I think that Nakamura and Sami Zayn are going to have some issues, and hopefully we'll get a face turn on Nakamura. I love a good guy, Shinsuke. I'm, I do not enjoy heel Nakamura, but I do enjoy heel Nakamura's theme song. Keep the theme song. Keep the rap. The Miz is going to win. He's going to tie Chris Jericho's reign as ten, as nine-time Intercontinental Championship, and then in 20 days, he's going to beat Pedro Morales's, Morales's yeah, combined championship run, and he's going to become the longest-reigning Intercontinental Champion on combined days ever, making him the front runner, the front runner to beat Honky Tonk Man as potentially the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Could be. Could be. You don't know. I just think The Miz is going to be over Nakamura. On to the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. You've got uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss defending against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. They are fire and desire. I do not know if Cross and Bliss have a name. They probably do. They probably should. Um, that was me hitting the microphone. But I think I think uh, in this, you're going to get a retention. You're going to get uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross keeping the Tag Team Championships and uh, defeating Rose and DeVille. On to the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. You've got the New Day versus the Revival. I think this is going to be a great match. I think they're going to have a lot of fun with this match. Uh, I think that the New Day, just, I think, honestly, I think they're probably going to end up retaining as well. I think they're going to keep the championship. I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm second-guessing myself. Should the Revival win this? I think it doesn't matter. I think this doesn't matter, like, who wins. This match is probably one of those matches where, yeah, if the Revival win, then um, then they win, and they kind of solidify themselves as one of the best tag teams right now in the WWE, uh, the New Day. Do they win? If they win, okay, cool. Like, they have the championships, and uh, they cool. Here's the problem. If the New Day lose, they're just going to get these back again soon because it's like the, the tag team championships just are props for the New Day. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're just they're props with the, they have to be on the New Day's uh waist. I'm gonna go with New Day. New Day's gonna win, and uh they're gonna they're gonna go over over the revival. On to Rollins and Strowman defending against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode for the Raw Tank Team Championships. Simple pick here. I think I know this is gonna be weird. I know this is strange, and I know that everybody's retaining their championship today. Um, but I think Rollins and Strowman are actually gonna retain that title. And uh, and I, I think there's a reason why. So Rollins and Strowman are going to actually retain this championship because I just I can't see them putting the tag team championships on Ziggler and Rude. I know it's probably weird, but I think that they're going to retain it. 
because it would be way too predictable for them to lose it. And so this may be the thing where they go, eh, I don't know, you know, so we'll, we'll see. I think that's what's going to go on. And then I think that um, later on in their match for the Universal Championship, I believe um, in my heart of hearts, as much as I want Braun Strowman to win that championship, Seth Rollins is going to win. Seth Rollins is going to win that title because Seth Rollins is going to end up facing The Fiend at Hell in a Cell. That's my prediction there. Um, and, and the reason why I gave that prediction now is because I do not believe that this match is going to be the main event. I do not. I do believe that one of these three matches is going to be the main event. So, without and, and not, not in any particular order, here's the rest of the matches. The SmackDown Women's Championship, you have Bayley versus Charlotte Flair. I think that Bayley is going to retain this championship. I think this is going to be a night where uh, we're probably going to see a little bit more of Bayley's true colors. I think that this this heel turn was just the beginning. I'm hoping she comes out with like a costume change, a music change, something. But I think that she needs to just keep going with this attitude change. It's been good for her. Everybody likes it. And uh, I think that she'll end up retaining the championship over Charlotte through nefarious methods, by the way. I think that this is not going to be an easy pinfall or submission. I think that Bailey is going to lie, cheat, and steal to win this championship and defeat Charlotte Flair. Now, on to the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. You've got the champ, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. I think Kofi's got to win this, right? Kofi's got to win this because there's no way. Listen, this entire feud that the two of these guys has had has been about Randy just keeping Kofi down, has been about Randy just putting his thumb down on Kofi, belittling him demeaning him the entire time. And like, I know that we saw Kofi get his comeuppance this past week, but I think that that's just going to be the crest that he's going to ride. He's got, he's got to defeat Randy Orton, right? Like he's got to. Now, the reason that he's got to has me thinking that that's exactly why Vince McMahon would probably have Randy Orton win <laughs> because, uh, you know, he's, he, he, uh, he likes bullies, but anyway, Kofi's got to win this. He's got to retain. I want Kofi to retain the championship all the way to WrestleMania. I want him to keep the championship all the way, all the way to WrestleMania. Uh, and so I think Kofi's going to win this. He's going to defeat Randy Orton. He's going to rise above. He's going to be elevated to just another status. I think this is going to be great. And now in the match that I honestly think might, might, might be the actual main event of the pay-per-view, we have the man versus the boss. Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks. And as much as it pains me to say this, as much as it hurts me to say this, I, I think Sasha could win this. I think Sasha could win this, and then we're going to get Becky chasing Sasha for the championship or Becky moving to SmackDown and chasing Bailey for the championship. One or the other. The reason why is I just think that Bailey and, and Bailey and the boss are going to be the champs, and that's going to be the perfect scenario for them going into October, basically being able to just kind of play off of each other as being both the champs. And then what we'll end up having is, this is me. This is me thinking this. I think what we'll end up having is Survivor Series last several years has been this champion versus champion setup. I think what we're going to end up having, having is Sasha versus Bailey at Survivor Series. And I think that's something that everybody would love to see. That's something that everybody would love to see. And listen, I'm just saying, if Bailey and Sasha face each other at Survivor Series, and my friend Izzy is not in the front row, we've got a problem. Make this happen, WWE. Make this happen. Get Izzy back in the front row, and, and I want heel Bailey 
and heal Izzy to stand tall and and reign. I want I want to see just Izzy just slap the boss. Can I see that? Can a miner just yeah? She's got some moves. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? I'm just saying. All right. So that's the predictions for Clash of Champions. And uh, so uh, you're going to be able to download the Pick'em Sheet on our Facebook page. I'll post it on Twitter. I'll post the link to it on Instagram as well. Wrestle with Hope on all platforms. And uh, you'll be able to play along with everybody else. If you're enjoying Wrestle with Hope, let me encourage you to make a donation to Ability Tree Florida and support their mission. Ability Tree Florida is a nonprofit organization that comes alongside families impacted by disability and provides rest, recreation, education, support, and training. Currently, this fall, we are launching brand new support groups of parents with children with disabilities, and we are also launching a one of a kind facility, our brand new rest and recreation center that will serve as Ability Tree's home base. You can be a part of all of this by donating at Ability Tree Florida. Donate. AbilityTreeFloridaDonate.org Now, let's talk about this week in wrestling history. A couple of things we wanted to kind of just run through real quick. In 1986, on September the 9th, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes defeated the enforcer Arn Anderson for the NWA World Television Championship in Columbia, South Carolina, starting his third reign with that championship. Arn Anderson as NWA champion, that is just one of my just first um, memories of the National Wrestling Alliance. I love that championship belt. I loved Arn Anderson wearing it. Dusty defeated him that day. But, man, whenever I think of the National Wrestling Alliance World Television Championship, I think of it in red leather around Arn Anderson's waist. That is just one of those iconic championships. And, um, man, I'm just I'm a huge fan of it. The classic battles that Dusty had with Arn Anderson. You can find those on YouTube. Find them on like WWE Network. Make sure you check those out. I think those two were opponents that were just made for each other. I know that Dusty and Harley Race had some battles. I know that Dusty and Ric Flair had some battles. But you got to see Dusty versus Arn Anderson. I mean, those are just two tough dudes against each other one-on-one. Fast forward to 1991, September the 9th also. We have Ric Flair wrestles his very first match for the World Wrestling Federation following his departure from World Championship Wrestling the previous July. He defeated Jim Powers. Remember Jim Powers of the Young Stallions at the WWE uh, TV tapings in Ottawa, Canada. Now, here's the thing. Uh, 1991, Ric Flair showed up in the WWF carrying, carrying the NWA, the big gold belt, the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Now, this was the NWA WCW World Heavyweight Championship, that big gold belt. It belonged to Flair. He had the deposit down on that belt. That's the belt that he had made, and it belonged to him. He carried it over to the WWF. I remember as a kid being shocked when this happened because I wasn't in anything. I didn't know any of the news. I didn't know any of the updates on what was going on, but I saw Ric Flair carrying that belt on WWF TV, and I was completely blown away so he wrestled his first match for tv uh in uh september of 1991 and that began what i was literally just thinking of just this dream scenario at wwf at the time i mean you had flair versus hogan at, at only at house shows but you also had flair versus randy savage which was 
I didn't, that was the feud that I didn't expect to ever happen, but I loved watching it as a kid just from start to finish. Unbelievable. We had Flair versus Bret Hart, uh, Flair versus Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Some incredible matches while Flair was there. Flair versus Razor Ramon. Uh, so just lots of great stuff. But Flair making his TV debut in September of 91 on WWF television. Let's uh, fast forward over. Um, let's, let's flash back, rather, to 1988, September the 10th. This week in wrestling history, the United States Tag Team Champions, the Midnight Express, beautiful Bobby Eaton, sweet Stan Lane. They defeated four horsemen members, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, for the NWA World Tag Team Championships in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ending Anderson and Blanchard's second and final reign as champions in the National Wrestling Alliance. This would be the last time Blanchard and Anderson would team together in the NWA, and they were about to leave for the WWF. This was the end of the golden era of the four horsemen. In the opinions of many, though, Ric Flair and Barry Windham, they would stick around. They would stay united after that departure. And amazingly, despite their reputation as one of the best tag teams ever, this would be the only time the team of Eaton and Lane would hold the NWA World Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Midnight Express, an incredible tag team in their own right. We're going to talk about them at another time. But man, the four horsemen literally breaking up over contract disputes, right? Anderson and Blanchard head over to the WWF. They become the Brain Busters. I never understood why their name was the Brain Busters because Bobby the Brain Heenan was their manager. With a name like the Brain Busters, you would think that then they would be against Bobby Heenan, right? Like they would be against him because they were the Brain Busters. But no, not the case. Uh, they were on Brain's team. Uh, they were in the Heenan family, successful as WWF Tag Team Champions. And I could only think, I mean, what could have been? What could have been? Imagine if Ric Flair had left and gone to the WWF earlier. Imagine what would have happened if the Brain Busters would have stuck around when Barry Windham finally showed back up in the WWF. Imagine having Bobby Heenan managing the Four Horsemen in the WWF. That would have been amazing. When I listen, just the idea of what could have been the resurgence of that Four Horsemen team, which is my favorite Four Horsemen team of all time. Flair, Wyndham, Anderson, and Blanchard. Nothing beats them. J.J. Dillon with them, who, by the way, J.J. Dillon, at this time, had left to go work for WWF. He, would, he could have been their manager. Who knows? Anyway, um, now on to some more, uh, just, a, a couple of, uh, just a couple of bits when it comes to September the 11th, okay? Uh, September the 11th on, in 1995 was the official beginning of the Monday Night War because that was the first night that Raw was not preempted to go up against Nitro. And so that was the first time on one side, you know, we had uh, Hulk Hogan defending the WCW championship against Lex Luger. On the other side of things, you had uh, Shawn Michaels fighting Sid Vicious. The Monday Night War had begun, and they were in a battle for ratings. Raw won that night with a 2.5 rating, and Nitro lost with a 2.2. But ever since then, they were just going back and forth and back and forth for those Monday Night Raws. Now, Fast forward to 2001, and a SmackDown taping was canceled due to the horrific offense effects that happened on September the 11th, 2001. But they would be back only a few days 
later, SmackDown took place live from the Compact Center a few days after September the 11th in Houston, Texas. The show was originally supposed to be taped on September the 11th, but was postponed due to, to the terrorist attacks. It was the first live televised event to feature a large gathering of people in the United States following the attacks, and Vince McMahon addressed the crowd before the show began. The show did not air in many Northeast markets due to the continuing news coverage of the events in New York City. And then the main event of the show, which featured matches but no storylines, they didn't do any storylines that night, Kurt Angle defeated Rhino. The other results of the taping uh, included uh, Saturn pinning Canyon, Taz defeating Crash Holly, um, Taka Michinuku and, and Shofunaki defeating uh, Raven and Justin Credible, uh, the Hardy Boys defeating Hurricane and Lance Storm, hardcore champion Rob Van Dam defeating Spike Dudley. It's kind of looked like an ECW taping, really. Chris Jericho pinning Christian with a roll-up, and The Rock pinning Sean Stasiak. The thing that I uh, remember the most during that whole thing were all the, the, the superstars that wanted to address the crowd and would promo and man, just some of these guys just with some real incredible heartfelt messages. Uh, the rest of the show went through with uh, the Acolytes defeating X-Pac and Albert. Booker T pinning the Big Show. Lita pinning Ivory. Test and the Dudley Boys defeating Tajiri, William Regal, and Scotty Too Hotty. Uh, and then in the dark match of the night, just really to kind of entertain the fans and to kind of bring them home to focus, The Rock defeated the WWF champion Steve Austin via disqualification. When the, Hard when the Dudley boys interfered after the match, and then The Rock took out the Dudleys uh, in Austin. So, listen, uh, this is one of those times where I remember that week vividly. I remember the events of September the 11th vividly. The last thing on my mind that week was, is wrestling going to be on? The last thing on my mind that entire week was, um, you know, when's baseball coming back? When's Saturday Night Live coming back? When is this coming back? When is this... But the one thing that I do remember is the fact that as things trickled back in, SmackDown came on live. Vince McMahon was there, you know, addressing the crowd. Wrestlers were addressing the crowd. President throwing out the first pitch at the next baseball game that, that, that happened. Um, Rudy Giuliani joining Saturday Night Live on their first night back. And just seeing people come back, the thing that I remember the most is the is not that the events happened, but it was the comeback. You see, the wrestling with hope word of the week is fear. And the reason why the word is fear is because that's exactly something that we are not meant to have. Um, in the Bible, in the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Power, love, self-discipline. The power to make a comeback. The love to overcome hate. And the self-discipline to be able to stand up and not, not be with all that bravado. To have the self-discipline to stand up and, and not be... Um, Someone who, who wants to uh, say whatever's off the top of their head in, 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 in revenge or in hate or anything like that, but to have the self-discipline to say, we're going to stand up, we're going to dust ourselves off, 
and we're going to live our lives in the face of fear and in the face of danger. And no matter what it is that we face, listen, even today, we weren't given that spirit of fear and timidity, but we were given the power to have that come back, the power to love and overcome hate, and to have the self-discipline to be focused and to dust ourselves off and say, we will keep going. One of my favorite passages comes out of Psalm 23. Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We haven't been given that spirit of fear. Instead, power, love, and self-discipline. With this week being the week that it is, being the focus that it is, you get to remember that even though the word of the week is fear, the champion of that week, power. Power to overcome. Power to make that comeback. Love. Love to overcome hate and to self-discipline, to stand, to dust yourself off, and to keep moving forward. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Wrestle With Hope this week. I want to invite you to connect with us at wrestlewithhope at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Please, if you're enjoying this podcast, go to wherever it is that you download that podcast, whether it is on Apple, on Google, on uh, on Spotify, or on SoundCloud. Go and check us out. Give us a review. We'd love to hear what you think. You want to connect with us on Instagram? At Wrestle With Hope on Twitter, at Wrestle With Hope. Find us on Facebook at the Wrestle With Hope Podcast. Please support Ability Tree Florida. If you've enjoyed this podcast, even a, a, a small and simple donation to Ability Tree Florida to further their mission would be greatly appreciated at Ability Tree Florida Donate.org. I want to say a big thank you to Josiah Williams for his music on our theme song. Thank you to artist Extra Cooler for the artwork in our logo. This is Wayne Cordova signing off. And remember, if God is for you, who can dare stand against you? Until next week, then, this would be Gordon Soley saying so long from the Sunshine State.